0: everyone has busy schedules, they've got their own careers and families and stuff, so you're trying to, to work this in you know, amongst all the other commitments.
1: Welcome to Change Your Mindset Podcast, formerly known as Improv is No Joke, where it's all about believing that strong communication skills are the best way in delivering your technical accounting knowledge and growing your business. An effective way of building stronger communication skills is by embracing the principles of applied improvisation. Your host is Peter Margarita, CPA, aka The Accidental Accountant, and he will interview financial professionals and business leaders to find their secret in building stronger relationships with their clients, customers, associates, and peers, all the while growing their businesses. So let's start the show. Welcome to episode 29, and my guest today is Phil Lovegrove, who's a partner in the personal financial planning firm of Vorsek Financial Corporation. Phil joined the firm in 2016 as a partner and financial advisor, bringing with him 14 years of financial service experience, seven of them serving in the capacity of a certified financial planner. Throughout his career, Phil has particularly enjoyed the client relationships he's developed along the way. His belief in a needs-based approach that provides hands-on personal service for the long-term relationship is the best for both parties, and I thoroughly agree. To achieve his needs-based approach, Phil is required to become an effective and adaptable communicator to his clients, prospects, and associates. Now, many of the financial planners that I've interacted with in the past could or would not adapt their conversation to meet the needs of their clients, but only serve their needs and at times come across condescending. Phil is just the opposite. Also, I've been a client of his for just over a year. During this time, I've had more conversations about my financial position and pending retirement than ever before. Albeit, I'm a lot closer to retirement than I was five years ago, but having financial conversations more frequently than quarterly, semi-annually, or even annually is all about the needs-based approach and the hands-on personal service, and he is doing a great job and something we all can learn from. Before we get to the interview, Change Your Mindset is now being distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find Change Your Mindset along with many other outstanding business podcasts on C-Suite Radio by going to wwwc This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. And now a word from our Sponsor.
0: This episode is sponsored by Peter A. Margaritas LLC, aka The Accidental Accountant. Are you looking for a high content and engaging speaker for your next conference? Do you want to deliver a story to stakeholders that will transform data dumping to engaging business conversations? Do you want to feel that the value a speaker provides your audience far exceeds the dollar value on their invoice? Then book Peter for your next conference, management retreat, or workshop. Contact Peter at peter at petermargaritas.com and visit his website at www.petermargaritas.com. By the way, one of his Fortune 50 clients actually made the comment about the value
1: he brings to your audience. Now, let's get to the interview with Phil Lovegrove. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Today, my special guest is Mr. Philip Lovegrove. And man, that name sounds like a rock star's name from back in the 70s, doesn't it? (laughs) Uh, And and Phil is a partner in Vorsek Financial Corporation. He is my financial planner, just full transparency. And Phil, as he's going to explain, we met through a mutual uh, friend. But as, as we were working prior to recording this, Phil is really a professional networker. And we're going to have a lot of conversations around his ability to network and generate business. But first, Phil, thank you so very much for being a guest on my podcast.
0: Oh, no, no problem, Pete. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it.
1: And so the audience knows just a little bit more about you that you're, unfortunately, you're not that rock star, but you have that rock star name. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, I'm a financial advisor, so far from it.
1: <laughs> so your financial advisor, your partner in this firm, give us a little background on, on how you got to be a partner in in this firm and that a little bit of that journey.
0: Yeah, sure. Um so I've been in the financial services industry for about thirteen years now. Um but I got started in the banks, a couple regional banks here out of Columbus, Ohio, uh Fifth Third Bank and then Huntington Bank. And while I was at Huntington, um, you know, we had a lot of uh, support staff helping us, and, and one of those folks got a job uh, over at Voracek, and she got more familiar with the firm and, and the vision for the firm. She thought of me and reached out and said, "You know, I should meet with uh, Tom, who is the founder of our firm." And you know, she thought there might be some synergies and some like-mindedness that would, you know, potentially lead to uh, an partnership opportunity. And so it took about a year for us to get to know each other better and, and kind of understand where Borosec was heading and where I wanted to head in my career and finally decided a good fit. And that was uh, not quite three years ago. I had to leave bank and uh, join Borosec Financial as the third partner and what will eventually be a, a transition strategy to help Tom, our founder, uh, transition out of the business as well.
1: That's cool. Uh, that, that set of succession plan uh, and, and that you're part of that, that succession plan. But w- when you came over to VORSEC, did you uh, come over with, with with some book of business, or did you have to start from scratch at that point?
0: Uh, yeah, great question. Uh, some of both. Um, fortunately, uh, as fate would have it, I was able to transition some of the clients that I was helping with at Huntington over. Um, so a lot of families I'd gotten to know with my years over there. Uh, they uh, followed me in, Client here at Borisek and then um, so I spent a good amount of time the first six to nine months really working through that process, and then uh, since then, it's you know uh, they fortunately have uh, sent me a lot of referrals uh, from my current client base. But then, yeah, it's been doing a lot of uh, networking and, and meeting people, you know both through the community and through different uh, events here in Columbus.
1: And you've been listening to my podcast for a while. You know, I I, I, I tend to focus my conversation to the financial services and really a little bit kind of niched into accountants and CPAs. And thinking about that, if, if you're in a firm, an accounting firm, and your staff or, or, and just join the firm, you really need to start thinking about networking now if you have the aspirations of becoming a partner because it just doesn't happen overnight. And I'm sure you can attest to that because most everybody can attest that this takes time. There, there's a reason why there's work in networking.
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, well said. And um, uh, coincidentally, just in the last couple of weeks, I was meeting with a uh, someone I've gotten to know through network in the last few years, and she was in the telecommunications field uh, prior, and recently just took a uh, job as a business development for a large firm here in Columbus, a large CPA firm, and she was just making that same suggestion that they have a lot of. Uh, uh, folks in that manager role with some partner aspirations and that it might be a good idea for me to connect with some of them and you know, maybe through like a pizza event or something like that uh, after the tax deadline here to kind of start building some relationships. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I think she was thinking uh, along the lines of exactly what you just described.
1: Yes, it's you know. I think that a lot of people look at networking from a negative perspective. I've always said that you know, for those of you who do not like to network, I blame your mother because your mother mother always told you never talk to strangers. (laughs) But but in a business event, there's no such thing as a stranger. Everybody's a potential opportunity, or they might know somebody who can help you get to where you want to solve that problem that you're working on currently. Correct.
0: Yeah, and it's been a big change for me. I'm growing up in the banks. Um, most of our networking, at the time was best spent internally, meeting with other partners or other uh, resources within the bank. You know, as a financial advisor, that maybe a business banker, a or mortgage originator, a or personal banker, private banker, uh, executive in the bank who maybe has their own network. So yeah, so it's it's definitely um, you know been a change now as a partner in a in a smaller advisory firm and. Yeah, networking has, has definitely changed over for me here the last four or five years.
1: So, what associations, organizations are you involved in in Central Ohio that open up that that networking opportunity to meet uh, folks who could use your services and probably need your services?
0: Sure. Yeah. No. There's a. Uh you know columbus is growing quickly and just driving around or driving inside the outer belt or even outside the outer belt there's development everywhere so there's lots of uh lots of different ways to network and uh, i think part of networking at least for me has been kind of sifting through those and, and checking different ones out to you know evaluate what's the best fit for how i like to connect with people and so you yeah, know as it stands now i focus a lot of my uh networking events here in the Worthington area. That's where our firm is. That's where uh, my family lives. And so in case some of the networking involves evening or early morning commitments, then I'm usually just a few minutes from home to make those work and maybe still get back to the kids' activities. Specifically within Worthington, um, I'll be taken over as the board chair of a group called Leadership Worthington. And that has um, really allowed me to connect with a, a lot of different People in uh, the Worthington area, not just business professionals, which it's certainly allotted that, but you know, folks in the different uh, service organizations, people in government, people in the schools. So it's uh, it's been a great way um, just to meet people and and, and get our name out and, and get a better feel for what's going on in the Worthington community. And then as a byproduct of that, I met some people through the Worthington Chamber and, and got involved um, here locally with the Worthington uh, Chamber and joined the board this year. So, yeah, there's been uh, a couple of organizations, those two in particular in Worthington that have um I spent a lot of time with and then uh the other area of of interest to me is um leadership and so there's a, a group here in Columbus called Relay Leadership and uh, I've met a lot of neat people um, similarly minded, similarly focused on leadership, in particular servant leadership. And so uh, that's been a great avenue for just making connections, um, not necessarily with the intent of trying to turn them into clients, but just meeting other other good people and and seeing how we can support each other in, in different areas. And sometimes that leads to business, but most of the time it doesn't.
1: It's, it's you know you said the key word there's relationship is because it's networking is not about making a transaction networking is, is starting a relationship building upon a relationship and, and you never know at some point in time 5 years from now something could happen or the, the story that I'm going to tell us how we can't got connected is a gentleman by the name of Reuben uh, Miner was at in Philadelphia back in 2000, and I believe it was 14 at the National Speakers Association annual convention. He was sitting behind me in a breakout session, and he mentioned he was from Columbus. So I, you know, we started talking and stuff. And then after that, we would meet, you know, maybe once or twice a year for lunch or whatever. And then we ran into each other, we were having lunch, and I, I made a comment, like, I'm looking for a financial planner. Do you know anybody? And that's when he gave me your name. And that's how we got Yeah. Uh, and th- this, this, relationship that we weave extends out to the people that we meet and can give us that as that referral. And it's it's worked out. I've, I've enjoyed the relationship. I've had a better relationship with you as my financial planner than the three or four others that i fired in the past.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it, uh been great to to get to know you. And the backstory to Ruben is we'd been at the same church together. We'd go to a large, large church on the northeast side of Columbus, but had actually was big enough that we had never connected. And I was out with a, a friend I used to work with at the bank, who's an attorney now. And we were talking about our church and he asked if I knew Ruben and said we never crossed paths. So he connected us and uh, Ruben and I got coffee and got to know each other better. And and you know continue to maintain that relationship he does some leadership and uh, stuff here in Columbus and has asked me to come speak at that so there's been some natural uh overlay there but um yeah so it, I would have uh, you know never once uh, really anticipated or asked him for any type of uh, referral for um you know for our business but you know he thought of me when you guys were talking and so um yeah it was uh, Feel very fortunate that I got a chance to meet you uh, through Ruben, and but yeah, that would have never happened had I not, uh, you know, made the initial networking connection, and then followed up with you know who he suggested I connected with, and then you know, stayed in touch with Ruben, who then, you know, had uh, me on his mind. Then when you guys were having lunch,
1: yeah, that was. Uh, I always take the the viewpoint of networking as the Godfather approach how can I help how can I help you because someday i'm gonna come and ask you for a favor so it's, if I can if I can do something for you and help you then when it comes time that I need something done then you're more willing to more or less helps as a reciprocating event versus I've met people over the years who immediately want me to help them do something and well we haven't we haven't quite got that trust relationship built yet. And I feel like if I can help you with something and I do that, I've increased that level of trust. I've initiated it. So you're more likely to be able to help me versus, you know, coming after me just immediately. That that to me feels more like a, a salesperson.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're completely right. That's certainly been one of the experiences these few years networking outside the bank is, you know, there's certain events that are Geared towards the networking crowd, and and some are valuable, some uh, are not. But we've all met those people that are, you know, the handshake, the business card, the sales pitch within you know ten seconds of meeting them. And for me, uh, that's no bigger turnoff. So yeah, I agree. I my philosophy is always uh, just try to make connections, see if there's some value you can I can provide, and then with the understanding. You know, just meeting somebody once is probably not going to be enough to, to build a relationship. And so maybe, you know, I can connect them into one of the leadership groups I'm in or or the chamber, you know, and then we'll see each other at those type of events. And, you know, then eventually you know, a relationship may or may not develop and you know that may or may not lead to referrals down the
1: line. So being a partner in a financial services organization, what's your biggest challenge that you you have in growing your business?
0: Um, yeah, that's a, a great question. Uh, right now, currently our, our biggest challenge has been staffing. Uh, we're we're in a growth phase. We started as a as a one advisor firm with some support folks and now we're at a four advisor firm and so I think like probably some of the CPA firms that might be listening just going through some of those growing pains of, you know, trying to attract the right talent, the right people, the right fit for us culturally, um and then to retain them and and then continue to, to, to work through the the ever-growing workload of, of bringing on, you know, we think different parts of our, our firm were up 70% last year and, you know, other ones, you know, 20, 30%. And so that's just, you know, a lot more work for our, our folks that help us uh, on the support side or on the planning side. And so just trying to continue to, to keep the pipeline full of, of Folks that uh, you know can help us from an employee standpoint, and then always kind of keep an eye out
1: for other talented folks that you know may be able to help us in the future. Yeah, I actually got an email uh, in the database about these two positions that that you're looking for: the client service manager and associate planner. And I thought my first response was, "That's great. Uh, the, fir- the firm is growing." And in this marketplace right now, that has to be a challenge in finding the right people. Are you also reverting to your network to say, hey, who do you know that you think that would fit well within our organization?
0: Yeah, that was yeah, great question. That was sort of the intent of the email. Um, you know, whether it's clients or actually two of our long-standing employees. We have a, a gentleman who's been at the firm twelve years and gentleman who's been with the firm seven years, and uh, I know for sure that the Eric, the guy who's been with us for 12 years, was a referral from a client. He'd uh, helped the client on some of his personal banking stuff. And uh, the client had called our firm and said, "I don't, you guys need to take a look at this guy. He's sharp and he's, he gets it. He's you know, very uh, conscientious. And um, so that was our introduction to Eric, who's been you know, with the firm for 12 years. So just like oftentimes our, our best uh, client relationships with people, we enjoy working with the most the people we feel like we can bring the most value to come from our existing clients or centers of influence. We thought, Hey, we probably should reach out to the same folks and maybe they could you know, continue to point us in the right direction as far as some of our next uh, staff as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's using your network uh, for any type of support that you need, that, that, that finding people, finding opportunities and, and, and your business as well as, as a CPA, there's a lot long process or long time frame from going to prospect to client doesn't happen just overnight and and especially I, I look at your business and thinking well if if I'm with somebody else now but I want to come to you uh, there's a whole process of moving money into an organization that that takes a little bit of time to do as well as my perspective is, one, as a prospect, I can feel comfortable with who I'm transferring my, my monies to. And that doesn't happen. I think we had a couple of lunches and a couple of phone calls during that time frame. Well, there's probably more than a couple of lunches, more than a couple of phone calls, until finally we move the money and transfer the money from one account into your hands.
0: Yeah, no, that that's correct. I was uh, just kind of... La- laughing to myself as i was listening to you talk there i um just yeah i just met with a, a couple here most recently on friday who we had um, done some one-time planning work for back in 2017 and really for about two years we'd see each other out you know probably every month or every other month and probably every third time we see each other he'd mention he's still considering bringing the funds over and he'd ask us to send us more information and he'd kind of compare that to what what his current advisor was doing and and yeah and then eventually here we are almost 2 years later and we're just actually going to see him after our uh after we hang up here on the podcast and I'm going to go uh have him with some him and his wife some final signatures to bring them over as client so occasionally it's just a referral you know they come in and you're signing account paperwork at that first meeting cuz they're just they've had enough they're ready to go uh they trust the person who referred them over so so that does still happen but more times than not it's you know takes months and in some cases even years to to build that trust uh for them to to bring uh their trust and investments and all everything that goes with it over to you
1: yeah it's cuz i don't as as i was relaying that my conversation to listen to i know it didn't take 2 years but it took at least 6 to 9 months i feel like in, in, in making the the full transfer and move it into your
0: organization yeah i i would say i don't we don't have the data to say what the, the average is but that's certainly not um way out of the norm and then oftentimes even once you bring someone over uh depending on the complexity of, of their situation it could be another year or longer before You've kind of put everything into place that that makes sense for their situation too, because everyone has busy schedules. They've got their own careers and families and stuff, so you're trying to to work this in you know amongst all the other commitments.
1: Yeah, and I can I can imagine. So when you meet folks, do they ask you the question? So what's your vision of the market and how it, where it's going? Do you get that question a lot? Sure. Yep. That's uh, whether it was back in the banking
0: days or, or now with sec Yeah, that's a, that's a common common question, and it's interesting too because people have different perspectives when asking that question. Some people ask it knowing that you know no one has the crystal ball, and they're just kind of you know just kind of testing to see how you think through things. And then, especially when I was at the bank, some people would ask that question and. and maybe even not realize it or just expect the banker, the financial advisor to know, you know, everything that's gonna happen in the next three, six, twelve months. And so, you know, it was just interesting the the different uh viewpoints that people would bring that question, you know, forward with.
1: Well you, you mentioned earlier in this conversation, you drive around and you see a lot of things going on here in the Columbus, Ohio area. Um, my days back in banking, I was a commercial lender and my boss said, when you see dirt moving that's good for the economy. And I would say the Columbus, Ohio area, there's been a lot of dirt moved in the last couple of years, if if not more, because I've seen more development even up here in the Westerville area than I've seen in years. And I've been here for 24 years. Uh, So right now, the the local economy feels like it's pretty strong.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Two recent Scenarios that affirm that would be, uh, you know, we. My son's really into travel basketball, so we spent several weekends in January through March out going to different tournaments in Columbus. And so there were some areas of town that I had not been to for several years. And yeah, every single one of them had multiple condo projects, apartment projects, new strip malls. So it was eye-opening that no matter what part of Columbus we were going to, whether it's Hilliard or Dublin or Westerville, even out towards you know outside of 270 Newark and some of those areas there was just development everywhere and then also we, we do a fair amount of networking with commercial bankers um, we often can provide value and vice versa to some of our clients own businesses and I've met with several of them here and maybe even in March that already hit their annual goal through March so <laughs> they were uh, <laughs> I think they had some pretty good uh, golf plans for the summer but um, but but a lot of that's you know they're all very uh, adept and, and skilled at what they do, but uh, they would be the first to admit a lot of that's just the growth and everybody, you know, needing money and the banks being still being a, a big player in that space.
1: Yeah, I uh, the thing I've noticed here in the Westville area is there are I think three to four projects, and they're all focused on assisted living for retiring baby boomers. Uh, it seems like every time I turn a corner and there, there's there's another building or, or more building around those type of facilities which I started to think I'm not too far from that <laughs> <laughs> I think I want to go to a warmer climate
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you yeah I know um yeah very, good point I several of the realtors that we do uh, work with uh, they've kind of tried to develop a niche within the real estate market of, of specifically uh, prospecting and specifically you know building out product sets and events and seminars and marketing efforts to uh, folks looking to downsize or folks that are looking to transition and and you know and then a lot of uh, those same realtors to your point have been getting duly licensed in places like Florida or different places and because a lot of those folks are you know, three to six months, but they still maybe have grandkids here in Columbus or other family connections, so they'll spend part of the year in one of those communities or developments you were just describing, and then you know, part of the year down in Florida or Arizona or South Carolina.
1: So, Phil, we have talked in the past, and a lot of you, a lot of your, let's just to say, lifelong learning has been coming through. You're an avid listener of podcasts. Uh, I am. I am. And outside of your favorite one that I'm interviewing you for right now, (laughs) I I, I have to tell you this. Because Phil contacted me on one of the episodes. I don't remember what it was, but he said that it was a Saturday. He was listening to it. And Saturday is apparently chore day around this house. And his chore is... (laughs) cleaning toilets so he had on my podcast listening to it and he said it made that that job much more palatable than without it that's probably one of the greatest compliments I've ever received <laughs> somebody listening
0: uh, I'm to glad podcast. you took it that way because <laughs> that was certainly the intention um, yeah no, I've uh, some of my friends and either some other people at the firm uh, like for us podcasting at least for me specifically has really become probably my primary source of uh, information um, it was ironic the the week that we got together and, and to helped transition into divorce that I met another business owner and entrepreneur who also had her own podcast and so uh, and subsequently a few other clients have podcasts and and it's a um, avenue that we've been exploring some as a firm as well. I know some of the CPA firms here in town. You've turned me on to to some of their podcasts, but yeah, for for us with young kids and busy careers and uh, community commitments and coaching commitments, it's uh, just a good way. Whether it's scrubbing toilets or at the gym <laughs> in the morning or or driving in between meetings to you know and. And you can be selective on you know, the, the content that you want to listen to. So yeah, I try to have a nice mix of uh, business, political, sports, um, you know, entertainment, but it's really my primary source of uh,
1: information now. What's your two favorite business podcasts that you listen to? Besides yours? And besides mine. <laughs> um,
0: I really like the, the Wall Street Journal has uh, four or five um, different ones from you know market money updates to more general news and they're usually six to ten minutes so I usually try to to get those in each day as um, you know they kind of versus just pulling the the newspaper up and scanning headlines is kind of a good way to and, and I know there's several other publications that do that that same thing but I've I've checked out a couple of them but. I think The wall Street journal has been my uh's been my favorite and then um i just turned on to one recently I really been enjoying um planet money. I'm not sure if you've uh, listened to that one and then there's a there's a couple within our our industry um that are catered towards financial advisors um and so I, I generally um try to catch those each week as well
1: uh do you happen to know the name uh, of those?
0: Yeah. One is called the um, Financial Advisor Success Podcast. i probably botched his last name, but Michael Kittis. He's uh, kind of a national speaker in our industry. And so I usually try to catch his each week. And then there's another one um, called Between Now and Success uh, by Steve Sandusky. And both of them are generally interviewing other folks in our industry, and they're talking about their practices, and they're talking about the markets and talking about you know, what technology they're using and how they're you know, networking or how they're doing their business development. And you know, how, so it's just it's kind of a nice way to, to benchmark, to get other ideas, to get other perspectives from different parts of the country, especially as, as our firm, we have more and more clients your earlier comment that are retiring and, and moving to other parts of the country. So it's kind of nice to get uh, outside of the Columbus bubble some too, and kind of hear what some of the other firms are doing out there.
1: Uh, what's what you said you listen to some sports podcasts. Uh, just curious, what's your favorite
0: one? Uh, that <laughs> of all the podcasts, I probably try to limit. That would be the one that I could, uh, could get, go down the rabbit trail on, but um <laughs> So, I I really do try to to limit. There's one uh, being here at Ohio State and growing up uh, in Grandview, just a few minutes from the university. uh, You know, Ohio State sports in general kind of dominate the news around here. So, there's, there's one that's a called the 11 dub cast it's one it's a couple local personalities that for the most part are talking about everything ohio state you know, certainly football being the primary focus but you know even through the basketball season they'll even touch on some of the other uh, sports and what's going on there so i probably uh, if there's one that i don't miss each week i usually listen to that one i think one of the guys is actually a maybe a history teacher here in town and, and writes for a local uh, website I think called Bucknuts and then um, or eleven more war- eleven warriors maybe and then the other guys uh, you know have been a local personality in the area for a while
1: because hey, I'm, I'm going to start asking my guests more on what they're listening to because I think that's interesting and and helps uh, the audience go ah, you know that 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 planet money might be something I, I might want to start listening to and you know I, I listen to the Wall Street journal and and a lot of a variety of different podcasts. But you said something, and listen to these podcasts. You pick up little nuggets that you can potentially apply into your business to as part of your business development that you may not have thought of before.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're always there's only so much time, but there's always kind of the thought of be. Uh, you know, great to to go out and find some of these other firms across the country and and grab a beer with them or grab lunch with them and and pick their brain. But there's you know, only so much time in a week, so to be you know just in your car driving somewhere or uh, you know at the gym and to hear someone else having that conversation and you you just able to listen in. I think that for me, that's one of the huge values of the the podcast world.
1: Yeah, I I thoroughly agree, and and it's you know I I think it's it's. People ask me, have we tapped out? Have we reached a pinnacle in podcasting? And all the research and, uh, shows that, no, we're not even close. It feels like it, but we're not even close. And, and it continues to grow exponentially. But it's the ability to have that intimate con- intimate dialogue with, with the person that you're listening to and then you're thinking through because you would never have that opportunity unless you were face-to-face, like you said, a- having lunch or something. So, you the information you Or at gathering.
0: a conference or yeah, yeah, somewhere else where yeah, where it's not, you can't always be at all the, the different, you know, conferences that look good or all the different trainings that are out there.
1: Yeah. Well, the one that I listen to religiously is from the National Speakers Association. It's called Voices of Experience. And they interview a lot of folks in, in, in my in my field, uh, uh, of the speaking business coaching, authoring, so on and so forth. And every time I get off that podcast, I pick up two or three ideas that I would have never thought of. If I hadn't listened to that episode, yep,
0: no, I, yeah, it's, uh, I guess one of the disadvantages of driving. Sometimes I'll just stop the podcast or, or just, you know, we have a, we use Copy Talk for our voice dictation. But yeah, I'll just uh, shoot myself a quick message and you know just try to keep track of all of it and certainly understand that we're not going to put every good idea into practice, but uh, you know just to keep a kind of a list of them and implement them when we can.
1: Uh, I'll turn that into a, an accounting speak. You've got inventory <laughs> of ideas, and you never know when you'll need to go to that inventory uh, and, and see what you can pull out of it. Without, ha- if you didn't write them down or, or you didn't find ways to generate them, then you have nothing to work from. You've got a blank sheet of paper, but you've got a list. You've got you've got inventories of great ideas. That one of those ideas you may be able to be the game changer on the problem that you're trying to solve. Yeah or um and I,
0: and I know that's part of the intent on on some folks you know agreeing to give up their time to do the podcast is maybe you're just not sure what professional or what what person to connect with to to solve that problem or to help with that pain point and it gives you a chance to kind of interview them a little bit to hear them for anywhere from a half an hour to an hour and a half kind of talk through how they think about things and you know so i know um you know we've actually uh, searched out some different vendors and some different thought leaders, you know, just based on the the podcast. We've reached out to them to kind of continue the dialogue.
1: That's great. Anything else you'd like to share with the audience? Anything about but the farmer or or the type of of individual or net worth that that you're looking to bring in? Uh, we'll, we'll use this as a, as a as a plug to see if we can generate some business for the farmer. Oh,
0: sure. Yeah. Appreciate that, and um, yeah, we we're a little bit unique from a standpoint. Um, you know, a lot of our competitors have a, have a minimum client that they want to work with. We, for the thirty plus years that we've been helping people, we've never had a minimum. Um, so that's you know allowed us to, to work with some of the younger professionals that maybe you know aren't to a point where they've built up you know half a million, a million, two million dollars in assets, but. Yeah, you know, we think hopefully we can help them, you know, even increase the speed to get into those numbers through some different planning strategies. And then, you know, the, our core bread and butter is still the uh, retiree or near retiree. Um, and we really feel like we've built a good process around income planning, around uh, risk management, um, and really just kind of customizing a, a specific solution for each of our clients. So uh, a lot of the young professional crowd and then the, the baby boomers that they're, they're building those homes for that you are not ready for yet, Pete. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think those are kind of the most, I think we help about 700 families right now and most not all fit into the two of those categories. I would just make one other comment. One area we're seeing a lot as the economy and the marketplace changes is we see a lot of people that are career changers or that are, doing some type of transition from the corporate world to entrepreneur world or, or vice versa, or maybe starting a second or third business. And, you know, one of their pain points is financially, how do they pull this off? How do they plan for it? And So we've done quite a bit of work here the last couple of years with with some of those folks. There's a really talented uh, career coach um, whose office is real close to ours. And so um, we've been able to work with her on some stuff to, to really uh, get some stuff in place for these people that are, are in transition mode.
1: That, that's great. And, and if I, if I'm i not mistaken. I, you listened to one of my episodes. and it was I was interviewing a, a CFO of a company. He was a younger guy. And I think you were in the area and looked him up. And, and I, I think you're building a, a potential uh, relationship with him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of your guests are not in the Columbus area, but uh, I was real impressed with the interview and, and knew the company. It was down by where when it, in my banking career, we were down in that area of Columbus a lot. And so I was familiar with the company and just reached out to him about the podcast. And uh, I guess it was good timing because they were in, in a position of wanting to look for a financial advisor. And so we were able to connect and start working down that path.
1: That's good. Because I, I recently had uh, a dinner with him and it's completely set my mind to ask him. Uh, but I, I am going to, next time I see him, I am going to make sure that I make a comment to him and, and ask him the question. Um, now, I, I would be remiss if we didn't, end, as we get close to ending this thing, you mentioned earlier in the podcast, you have a young family. Uh, you have a wife and two boys.
0: Yeah, but we have we have a, our oldest is ten, and then we have um, two girls, eight and six.
1: Oh. Okay, so I was completely wrong about that. I apologize.
0: Well, no, you <laughs> now you're close, close enough. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. And, and your your wife's name is Julie. Uh, and, and your kids' names are what? What are their? Oh
0: yeah, questions? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, nope, okay. Julie, and then we have disease. We have Zachary, Zoe, and Zadie.
1: Oh, disease. Okay, cool. Well, you know, I I do like to you know. You've got a you've got a lot going on, and your you're husband, your father, you're a partner in a firm, and part of who you are is because of the people that are behind not so much behind the scenes, but are there when you get home. And I always like to get a shout out to the, to the families. Just something new that I recently started because I think you know a shout out to them because you know they're there to help. We're, we're, it's a team effort. And I just, I, on the podcast, I just like to get the team uh, all recognized and, and accolades go out to everyone.
0: Great. Yeah. I'll let uh, Julie know uh, as much as I love podcasts, she's on the other other side of the spectrum. So maybe this will actually get her to, to finally listen to a podcast.
1: Uh, I hope so. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so if some if somebody would like to contact you, how could they reach you? Yeah, um,
0: probably best uh, through email. Um, they could email me at uh, plovegrove at vorfin dot com. That's vorfin dot com, um, or they can check us out at our website at vorasecfinancialcorp.com.
1: dot com. Great. So if if you need some help, Phil's the man contact him. And and Phil, I I appreciate your time. I I enjoyed this conversation. I I look forward to the next time that we're able to get together. uh, And and I think it's actually going to be in a few weeks, get together and and have lunch, but uh, I wish you all the best of luck. And um, thanks again for being on the podcast.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me out, Pete. I'm looking forward to seeing you and Mary here in a couple of weeks and for all you're doing for the profession and the, uh, the Columbus community at large.
1: Thanks, Phil. Appreciate it. Now that you've listened to this episode, do you provide a needs-based approach in your work life? If so, how will you become better in this approach? If not, will you develop the skills necessary to become a needs-based and hands-on personal service to your clients, customers, and employees? Either way, sit down and devise a strategy and work on it every single day. Thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and share this episode with a friend. And also, remember to visit www.c-suiteradio.com to listen to many of the excellent business podcasts that they have in their network. Have a great week.
0: Like what you just heard? Visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top
1: business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.